This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Footy Prime, the podcast featuring Danny Nikio, Craig Forrest, and James Sharman with Dan Wong and me, Computer Jeff. Let's get this party started. Is that a Max Headroom? What that was? <laughs> you don't know what that was. You have no idea what it was, do you? I liked it. Well, we'll see what it sounds like. Yeah, we'll give it a whirl. It could sound like something. Yeah, no, listen, um, I, I think it works. Definitely something. It, whatever it is, it works. Thanks, JC. Well, my work here is done. Welcome to Footy Prime. Grab a beer. Wong is on keyboards. <laughs> I'm Sharman Forrest Dickio. Not not 24 hours since our last show together. What's going on? You're nearly, I'm looking over your shoulder. You're nearly looking... Am I knocking? Oh, yeah. I'm knocking your pictures down Dan's here. Dan's family, family off pictures the wall. crashing down. Well, is that a metaphor? Yes, uh, always is. <laughs> always is a metaphor, Dan's James. Thanks, thanks for that. Rub it in. <laughs> Why don't you bug me a little bit, Meanie? Um, yeah. So yeah, we did kind of a similar thing yesterday on one soccer. Um, I guess we can announce it now because we've been on several times. Yeah, <laughs> one right. soccer, um, one nation is the show. You can find it. Um, it's fun so far. Excellent. It's great to be working um, in a professional environment. (laughs) 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 Fuck you, Dick. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. No, just around people like ourselves that uh, love the game and love talking about it and what's going on in the world of football. It's 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 fantastic. Really good. Nice set. Kind of like this one. Yeah. (laughs) Somewhat. Yeah. The carpet in the new place is a little uh, newer. Yeah, a little bit newer, I think yeah, it might be. Yeah. Only 85 years old. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, you're right, though, because one thing I did notice being back under the big lights and being in an environment where everyone there loves the game or, or the majority and they know the game and, and walking into an environment, a TV environment, essentially, where football's number one, it's the first time in my life I, I've experienced yeah. that. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. It we is. had it a little bit out of score for a, a bit, didn't we, Shams? Yeah, on the Saturday and Sunday mornings, the yeah, footy show, that, absolutely. That felt a little bit like what we have just experienced at yeah. One Soccer, but I agree. Great setup. Like the, the set is amazing, what they've built there, and it's all gentrified towards soccer. And whether you've got hosts that are hosting a pre-match game, the show we're involved with, the One Nation, or the actual setup for the game, of the day has been very professional so far so hopefully we're moving in the right direction it's only going to take us a few more years but we do remember we have 2026 where the world cup is going to be hosting here so were you saying that uh, we weren't number uh, one at sportsnet you know what not all the time <laughs> there were moments when i thought perhaps we were fighting for the scraps yeah what do you think we were actually were three or four what as far as order? most important shows or sports yeah. Well, shows and sports. Well, the sport itself. No, definitely oh, four, well, well four or five. Four, seven, eight. Yeah, because you've got hockey. Uh, basketball. I was at Sportsnet <laughs> then. You guys were about nine. Yeah. <laughs> in, in fairness, bowling, Sportsnet PBA did. bowling was number one. Mini putt. 
was a little ahead of you guys. Wrestling. Come yes, on. wrestling. Wrestling. The wrestling was way up. Way us. above the you money, guys. The money that pulls well, in. Five true. times more. Yeah. Curling. Yeah. Curling. Curling. Yep, yeah. much bigger. Swirly ball. <laughs> 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 that ping pong game with the with a kick and they have to head the ball. Listen, I don't want to hear about your uh, night in Toluca. <laughs> <laughs> Where them you ping pongs were coming from. Sports yeah. right? for, for 20 years, right, Sportsnet had you know the Premier League and, and committed to football. It just, obviously, mm. in, in more recent years, with uh, the hockey deal, that became more difficult, let's be honest. And uh, decisions were made. Let's yes. put it that way. Yeah. I mean, Scott Moore, back in the day, um, solid value and it. growth. Yeah, he, he definitely got it. Um, although they overpaid for the hockey deal. Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. But yeah, hey, listen, that's TV. That's big business, I suppose, nowadays. And I think the whole uh, you know, model of... of Media is changing. We know. We discussed this before. There's yeah. no point getting into it too much. But uh, what, now, media pros of the world who own one soccer seem to get it and are, are committed to, to building this sport through uh, their properties. Yeah, including one yeah soccer, even, so. even potentially, you know, just getting uh, players on Canadian players for certain teams in Europe. That you can guess what those would be. It would uh, be uh, potentially targets for one soccer to uh, put on, which would be just fantastic. And they're Absolutely. going to be they're going to be heavily involved with the national team as well. Um, I think not just the men's national team, but women's national team, um, mm -hmm. age groups all below that as well, which is fantastic. We've never had that mm -hmm. on a cable channel that we can have access to watch any game that the national team are playing at that present time of the year, whether it's a U-17 World Cup, whether it's a U-20 mm -hmm. CONCACAF World Cup, whether it's our men's team playing a friendly in Ecuador, whether it's our women's team playing at a tournament in France, there are spectators and clients that want to watch it. So, And they're, they're also invested in trying to because what's really important is that you get exposure across the board, Absolutely, not just yeah. because you got money to be able to buy an app. So you got to be able to get it on linear channels and, and in opportunities where people can pick it up and expose to get exposed to our players and the game it, itself, because, because it's changed so much this media business that I think it's kind of fallen by the wayside as far as just people falling apart upon it, you know, unless you love it, you know, the likes of one soccer and the zone, and yeah, you're going to go for that. But uh, getting exposure is very important, and doing that is, is important to one soccer. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and even seeing the pregame shows for the CPL, you got Calm, uh, you know, Carmelina, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a prominent role there, Laura Armstrong, you know. So we got, you know, women talking about men's football. Yeah. And you know, knows her stuff yeah. really, really well. I work so with I her at CBC as well, and she's a, yeah, she's. A, dream to work with really is yeah so uh yeah i mean this was not how we thought we'd start this podcast so we're not getting paid to how say are this we honestly how oh, are we? oh you know right, what right, i don't yeah, make plans yeah, no, no. generally speaking yeah um but yeah we, this is just kind of organically no, how it happens it and is. we're very happy and so as well as i think that you know it's important to say that you know combine with these groups as well and trying to get exposure is that all canadians really get together and sort of pull in the same direction because a lot of infighting with football. Big time. And I've never seen it so much in my life since I've come yeah. to Canada. And if they actually got together and everybody worked together and was rowing in the same direction, we could be a force. But there's infighting at club levels, provincial levels, national team levels. I just, ho I just hope that having two young players that are playing at two very, very good teams in Europe and possibly being in the top 25 best players in the world at the moment and I know that's a big jump but having Alfonso Davis firing on all cylinders in the Champions League uh, Jonathan David going to Lille in a big move playing a top European club that the rest of the country really jumps on board now and as you said Craig just put your egos away let's try and, and grow the sport together stop taking your little piece here and there stop being greedy because that will come in the long run when once we develop this into such a good sport that everyone can play, but we're now really competing at a, a good level year in, year out, competition to competition, tournament to tournament. And, and let's just see where we go with it. But it's going to take a lot of people to, to jump on board and, and kind of sing on the same song sheet, Craig, in my opinion. So. And, and 
we were talking about this the other day, um, how important it is for our national team, their men's national team, in this next cycle to to qualify for the World Cup. Do it in 22. Yeah. And that will... And Herdman wants that as well. Sure. And it'll springboard 26. But corporately, Canada's got to wake up and sort of get behind everything. Well, the CSA is going to do a better job of of marketing their brand and their players. A way better job. You've got these two kids, like you mentioned there, David and Fonzie, who who, have the world at their feet. Yeah. So to speak, you know, don't drop the ball, CSA. You know, yeah. get the right people, professionalize yourself, market these kids because we'll do our best, but it's not our job, right? We're talking about these kids on, on various platforms, yeah. radio, podcasts, TV, but it's not actually our job. Mm-hmm. That's the CSA's job. Well, it's a good point because whether you like it or not, all the other, you know, the competition for entertainment dollars for your minutes watching TV. You got Major League Baseball, hockey, basketball. There's a lot of competition for those, those like, and they promote their own players. The NBA does an amazing job doing that. Best league in the world for it. Right. And now all of a sudden, mainstream TV is not doing that for you. So you've got to create that yourself. So the Alfonso Davies, you're going to have to sell them and help get them out there somehow. Get them everywhere. Get them everywhere. And, uh, and obviously not... It's not only players as well, Sean. Sorry to interrupt, but it's games as well. Mm. Like there were certain games in Toronto this year, national team games, that 75% of the football community did not have a clue about was being played the next week. So, it, yes, players putting them in the spotlight, marketing, branding. Yeah. But like, if the women's team are playing, if the men's team are playing... Get behind them as an association and draw more interest, whether it's an advert on TV or on podcasts, on radios, but just smash the living daylights out of it to generate that interest. Get to youth clubs, get to schools, give tickets away. Yeah, fill that stadium full of young young kids. And you know it's possible because on the same night you're talking about when we did our podcast from there at BMO and we're looking around the places half empty. Yeah. If that was a TSC game, it would be full. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, a lot sorry, after even more than that, we called a day before and we're given credentials, right? Yeah. Like who gets credentials out of the blue like that? And that just shows how much opportunity there is if they're giving guys like us, not that you guys don't have names, but I don't have a name in this game. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, Dan, come along. Here's mm-hmm. your credential. Give us a room. We're going to let you have a podcast. That was pretty open yeah. and, and at least progressive in thinking it was it was actually a lot easier than i anticipated <laughs> to be honest with you but well, yeah the place was was we could go anywhere we wanted and that's why i think as much as you know a lot falls in the csa um, a lot also falls on the canadian soccer community to go to those games just because it's not tfc go out and support your country for christ's yeah. sakes you know there's no well, reason why that shouldn't y- be for no no that's true and maybe not i'm not even talking about that so much because i can understand the frustration of a canadian men's especially men's, not our women at all, but frustration mm-hmm. yeah, at all levels, how you could just lose interest. But you're right, this team, particular team, is worth supporting. And I think Alfonso was playing that night. David was playing that night. Yep. I mean, real talent. Yep. No disrespect to TFC. And it turned out to be a Alfonso. famous night that if you missed it, you felt bad about missing it. Yeah. Because I don't care how, how good the States was yeah. and who was missing from that team. But there were some Canada people who were the like, States. they didn't even know it was on. Yeah, precisely. So, Precisely. Um, it looks like we will have uh, John Herbman on uh, Wednesday's mm-hmm. One Nation, yeah, which uh, so. is, a, is a good get. We're working on that right now, so probably yeah, shouldn't be saying this draw, right now. Right? Big draw, yeah, because qualifying for 2022 has been restructured, which is good for Canada. Um, they'll have to play a lot of games, obviously. The draw is, I believe, Wednesday. Is that right? It's Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Um, the hope is that you play your games and you get into the Oct, not the Hex, now the Oct, eight teams. Five seeded teams are there already. There's three spots available. Canada should get in there. Um, but there's still some pretty formidable get- matches potentially for Canada before you get there. Guatemala is a really good team. Beat the States, of course. you got Haiti in there. Um, so it's, it's, not, it's never tricky, easy for Canada, but yeah, they tricky, should get there. Those are tricky games. And, uh, and if they were to play Haiti away from home, those are tough places to go. Mm-hmm. Although hopefully with no fans, it would be know. a little bit easier. If there are no yeah, fans. well... And, and the pitch will be bobbly and yeah. By the uh, way, um, um, CPL staying on that a little bit here. I mean, talking about you know how you need to get 
the, these young Canadians interested. The opening few days of the Island Games, these young Canadian kids are making a name for themselves, more so than the, the signings, the foreign signings. It's been, actually, I've really enjoyed it so far. Of course, quality is a little bit dodgy given how rusty they are, but there's been some entertaining games so far and some good performances. Really good performances. And you're right, there's, there's going to be some rust and you, you have to remember some of these guys haven't played a competitive game since last year. So you think about teams that are preparing for a Premier League season or an MLS season that haven't played in four or five weeks and you should see the rust in the first games of their preseason. So you have to yeah. give these guys a little bit of yardage and say, <clears throat> you've done reasonably well so far on a field that looks a little bit dry and sticky at times, Craig. Oh, yeah, it's not it's, getting a good run. Yeah. Um, it's great that they're all in this bubble where the tests and everything are coming back clear every two days. Um, but I've been reasonably happy seeing goals, seeing organized teams. And like you said, seeing a wealth of Canadian talent proving that they can play at that level, mm-hmm. which, are, which I'm really happy about. And it's, it, they're, it's interesting because they're so out of shape, most of them. Ottawa, the most of uh, yeah. the teams we've seen so far. Never seen so many players go down with cramp. But they come out all in, like they're all buzzing because they want to be playing. And for the first half an hour, 45 minutes, it's just like chicken with their heads <laughs> cut off. Ah, and then it settles, and then the last 20 minutes, it's dying. And down, right? <laughs> a brick wall. And, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, okay, well, that's what we expect. But it's, there's an incredible importance to it. Yeah. Because whoever wins this goes right into the Canadian Championship final. I, guess. I love that, by the way. The CS announced that last uh, I think I last Thursday, right, how this year's Can Championship, obviously it's smaller, so the top MLS team out of their little round robin in the context of the MLS regular season will play the winner of the CPL. That's amazing. It's great. Yeah. What a great... I mean, it's obviously, you want to see that the, the Blainvilles, that the smaller clubs, but that's not going to happen this year. They'll be back in next year. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's brilliant. I mean, yeah. that gives so much more incentive uh, to this particular tournament. It's yeah. suddenly very important. <laughs> you also got, for the three MLS teams, by the way, who are starting to play this week. That's right. They're yeah, playing Tuesday, in right? round robin. So yeah. Yeah. Today. For them, <laughs> Today's Tuesday. For them, they have to like come out on top. Today's Monday, sorry. Today is I Monday. Sure. Sure. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what day it is. I have no I was like, clue. Hold on a minute. I was like, <laughs> we're working. We're working on Tuesday. I'm like, what time are you gonna be there? Yeah, I gotta go, tell go, go get God. the whistle. But again, like it's the importance of this mini series now with Montreal, Vancouver, and TFC starting this week Tuesday. TFC against uh, Vancouver is of high importance. So like, yeah. you can't be bringing your team or guys that you want to give minutes to because it's an important aspect of trying to get into the Champions League again and finishing top of this little mini-series and then playing a, a one-off. Is it a one-off final? Yeah, uh, I, was, you know, that's a good question. I think it is. A one-off final against the CPL winners, which will be a tough game, by the way. A mm-hmm. tough game. Well, we Cal- saw Calgary the CPL teams Vancouver, fare pretty right? well last year, right? Yeah. Calgary beat Vancouver. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, uh, Montreal and York went very close. Yeah, very close. Uh, that they, game. they should have. They had some chances. Yeah, no, it's it's. it's uh, I but think they're in a really little well. bit better shape. But it's been a few weeks now since Toronto played, or any of them played. Yeah. So they, they, when down. they returned from Orlando, they had to go into quarantine, quarantine for fourteen right. days. Oh, so they've been right. in quarantine for fourteen days. They returned. Not this weekend. The uh, so they're going to be just as rusty as they were yeah. before. So it's it's tough. Now do, you've do been you think, thrown. The first game of the season starts on Tuesday. Do you think the uh, MLS's back tournament worked? I yeah. do personally. I do too. I think it was very yeah, well run. Was, yeah, I think it was a worthwhile tournament. Absolutely, Portland we, thinks so. We had yeah. uh, we had our suspicions about sending players down to Orlando as analysts critiquing whether it's the right place to go. But speaking to a number of players and staff that come back, they said it couldn't have been more secure than where they were. Yeah, so, That's a huge area too, right? Huge area. The hotel was very, very clean. Um, the boredom factor set in after the first week, but the players knew they were there for uh, a tournament. They knew they were there being paid by their clubs and the league to perform at a place where you're playing actually league competitive games. Mm-hmm. You know, they could have been sat at home doing nothing or 
Did you hear how weird it was for the players? I mean, obviously, you're watching on TV. You can't really get an idea of how, how strange it is, the environment. But did you hear from any players? As, as, you know, no fans in attendance. Was it no, they hard to so, get up? they weren't so bothered about that. All I heard was that the morning games were very tough. Mm-hmm. Not only because of the heat was pretty hot at that stage, but also the preparation in... in routine. And the routine of getting up at 5 o'clock to then prepare to eat. Mm. not so much travel because you're just around the corner 20 minutes whatever it is to then play uh, 35 yeah. degrees because you know, three days before you're preparing for a game in the evening exactly so having a sleep in the afternoon the guy said the evening games were were a little bit better to play in mm-hmm. and the morning times kind of mm. mucked up with your structure and your your prepping of, of the games but I thought that the quality of, of play was pretty good as well being as they haven't played in a long while I just thought that the, the what I like about the CPL Island games is that you're going to have a t- that's the title mm-hmm. that's it that's the championship yeah. Yeah. yeah where the MLS come back I think the first three games were part of the league and then the rest three of it games, was yeah. a tournament for stage, a CONCACAF yeah. spot right group stages were, were, were uh, counted counted towards your league and then uh, knockout stages were just your game for the Champions League champ- berth. For the Champions League berth, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we're seeing all these weird uh, Frankenstein leagues and cup tournaments right now. And I'll tell you what I'm really enjoying right now is one and done in the Champions League. It's yes. brilliant. I understand why there's two legs. I understand the financial mm-hmm. ramifications and eventually they'll go back to it. I get it. But yeah. how much better is this, really? When you're watching that, you know, these teams trot out and think, man, this is it. Got ninety minutes to get it done, or yeah. you're going home, and we've seen some very, very strange results, boys. I wonder if they'd ever go to that. I, I don't think because of the financial side, and plus the bigger clubs with the better players over two legs, better chance, right? You think it does favor chance. them as opposed to a one-off, one-off crazy stuff happens, as we saw. Yeah. We spoke about this last week, huh? <clears throat> yeah, like Leon playing at home, getting a result, but then having to go to Manchester and hold on to a 1-0 advantage. But in a one-game playoff, they got their tactics spot on. Did they or did Pep get them wrong? I think we've spoken a lot about Pep's mistakes with his tactics, formation. And yes, I agree with certain critics that have said that the midfield was, was not the right selection, but... Still, you had a wealth of talent out there, but you have to give a lot of credit to Rudy Garcia and Leon, who were magnificent. They worked their socks off. They they defended very, very well. Very Atletico Madrid-like in just their way of being hard to break down. Um, but a real collective effort, and they rode their luck at times. City pushed, and there was a dubious second goal, I thought, could have been pulled back for a little clip of Laporte's legs. But and the offside, he's... He's offside as well, yeah. But at the same time, excuses, excuses, right? If Sterling, you know, converts from three yards away, whatever it was, different game. Yeah, it's about players. And then Pep's a genius, right? Because he's got yeah, his team yeah, in the semi-finals. Well, that's right. I mean, Sterling puts that away, two-two. Yeah, but you know, it's funny how he dismissed Leon before Juventus, and then dismissed them before Man City, and will dismiss them now before Bayern Munich, of course. You know, this is a team that's fresh, and the French teams, right? Two of them in the semi-finals, first time since uh, whatever in the Champions League. Is it partly because these guys are completely refreshed? They, they they barely have played since March, whereas they're playing a Juventus who are exhausted coming in. Maybe Man City were a little bit tired compared to you know the French teams. Is that a, is that a reason? Do you think, or is that just grasping no. at straws? No, because you could also if they were hammering them, you go. We could go the other way and say that they've got a bunch Rusty. of games under their belt. <laughs> right, you can narrative, you can spin the narrative. How we want spin it any way you want. <laughs> but if Sterling puts a freaking ball in it, and Ederson doesn't fumble it a minute later, I said it yesterday. It's where you want your big time players to step up. It's okay smashing Burnley five nil yep. at home Burnley or away. Get hammered again by you. It's twice yeah, yeah. in two yeah. days. But they did smash Burnley five nil twice this year. <laughs> Bournemouth, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bournemouth seven nil, eight nil. Sterling yeah, yeah. getting a hat trick here, and yeah. I think Sterling's had a fantastic season. Thirty goals plus in all comps, but. And he can't. He's, he's not a clinical finisher, apparently. Specific moment where, yeah, he so just lost focus yeah, or concentration. Nothing to do with the but manager. That second, nothing to do with the manager. Yeah. Ederson and hadn't 
spilled that many all season. No, like, he, he hasn't a, made that mistake once yeah, this season. Yeah. Either. But, but I mean, okay, we try not to criticize Pep here, but why would he not go at? Leon more with, well there's that because there's a team that, that does better when they own the game right when they own the ball yeah, and there's and some talent on the bench obviously <laughs> like if, if you're yeah I mean if you're the opponents you're Leon and you're seeing the Mahrez is and the Phil Foden's who we can put in that class now I think or very close to and the two silver boys if you're Leon you're thinking oh right they, these guys we got to them they're a little bit nervous here right surely mm. I just uh, you know I'm a big Pep fan but if there was one negative about him is that he overthinks things at times especially in this tournament and I think he 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 has to overthink things to make people see him in a different way we always we, we see him in a different way anyway because he's he's so engrossed in what he's trying to do tactically and trying to make his players understand formations or systems or how they're trying to break opponents down but that's my one big fault with him is that Sometimes you don't need to change things. You just need to tweak a couple of things or mm-hmm. positions or players. But, and I think that was his downfall. I really do in, in this game particularly. And whether Leon got word of that they were going to change their formation because there's always word out of the camp that you're playing against that there's a small whisper they could be playing with five at the back or three at the back. There's a small whisper that he's going to go with two central midfielders holding midfielders. So they might have known something already. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, I bet they did know something. But don't you think that a good assistant coach, a good right-hand man would have the ability to say, listen, Pep, let's go for a walk. Breathe. All right, before you make your selections and your strategy, <laughs> let's just go for dinner. Have a couple of glasses or of wine. Let's not think about it. football for a while here. You can change it. No change your half time. Change it. Yeah. Take it during a water break. He went to four. Who have t- that's turned right? into a coaching session now. Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be refreshing. Tactics boards like, are out. Yeah, they're all like doing this. Hey, but you talk about changing, so we'll go back to the Barcelona game. Uh, so we'll start there. I haven't gone there yet. I thought we we'd start there, there today, but this is the way the podcast but, goes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm watching the Barcelona game. I'm going, these guys are like 4-0 down. Oh, sorry, it's 4-1. And they're still continuing to try and play out the back. The Barca way. It's not working. It's not working, Tostegan. It's not working, guys, at the back. So at what point does the player himself or the collective group of players say, fuck this philosophy for the next five, ten minutes? We've got to play a little bit more direct, get a little bit higher up the field, get a little bit more compact, and take a little bit of ownership ourselves because we are getting our asses felt at the moment (laughs) by this team who are just coming and pressing and pushing and causing turnovers. But this team apparently has been ignoring the manager for the last few months anyway until this game. We're not okay. Yeah, yeah we'll do yeah. you do, Gav. You got fired right. about five minutes after the game. You're right, but I mean, like Messi and these boys, if you believe the reports, have, have been ignoring Setien anyway for, for some time. But then this game happens, and they're all like, "Okay, sure, whatever you say, we'll keep doing that." Do you think part of this and they're not used to being down? Do you think they? I mean, they they clearly quit the last twenty minutes. They had no interest in this game. Obviously, at that point, they're being blown away. But was it? Is it possible there was consensus before the match? You know what? We need changes here. Let's let's just throw our, our gaffer under the bus here. Well, we'll I wouldn't that think good. that that would happen, but it gets to a point in the game mm. when you've lost. No way before the game. No, no way before. Because you're representing the club. You're, you're never yourself. representing the. You're never representing the yeah. manager. Yeah, must have happened at some point though. But as I mean, Craig said, in the game, that's when your emotions start to take over, and you suddenly start looking to blame someone else. You're four, five nil down. You're like, right. if we keep doing this, he's going to take it. He's done. We're fucked. So we might as well get him. I still don't think a player could think like that. But, but selfishly, get fired. some players could think Players like get that. coaches yeah. fired all the time, don't they? Huh? Players get coaches fired all the time. Yeah, but yeah, they do. But I don't. But not in a Champions League quarterfinal, maybe. Oh, you're, represent, you're, you're, you're like, representing Barcelona Football Club. But this Barcelona is not the Barcelona of four or five years ago, right? They've been on this decline for a while now. They're, they're in turmoil behind the scenes. The culture of that club apparently has been just crushed. Yeah, but as a player, it's like you're, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, all that is true. But part of that is because of me. I'm one of the guys that are going to shift out of here. I better, right. pull my, I better I'll be do something. You don't want to be. You don't want to be the one that's. Uh, you know what they're selling on them. 
but but sure, but, but okay. So that game eight one eight two stands out the scoreline. But you go back yeah. to last year, and, and they shipped four goals to Liverpool, and they crashed out. And then Roma the year before, yeah. and then think was it? I forget, well, was, was it United the year before? I forget who it was. Certainly now. need changes. There's big games every year where this team just quits and yeah. gives up. So maybe it's not the coach. Maybe it's the, the core. It's a rotten core. Might, might want out. Yeah, there's a big uh, talk today that, that he wants out. He's 33 years old. We know what Leo Messi is and what he can still do. But it sounds ridiculous. But if you're a Man City or a PSG, probably the two teams that can afford him, mm-hmm. what's he worth at 33 years of age? Just from a marketing standpoint? <laughs> I mean, he's still not. He's still great. He's still going to score Messi, thirty goals a year. Messi on the back of your jersey, uh, but it's, it's a gamble, though, isn't it? I think he could well, be the final piece that's... for Man City if they. Uh, I think that's the way Pep would be selling to the owners. We'll win European Championship with him. If this yeah, is the yeah. final piece if we bring him in. The owners could give him three hundred million a week if they wanted to. Well, not anymore. Not with uh, <laughs> since, <laughs> since the, uh, the issues financially. Uh, what do you mean they? Uh, they haven't done anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's interesting, though, isn't yeah, it? I mean, I mean, I hope Missy stays. I love the one club footballers. There's so few of them. But if it's time that he leaves, there aren't many clubs that can afford him if he, he demands his wages, which he likely will. So what is he worth at 33? He's got, what, two, three good years left in him? And for a team like PSG or, or City, that could be two or three Champions League titles, in which case it's well worth it, surely. Yes. Yeah. He, he's because of who he is. It's got to be still 50 million, 60 million, at least 80 million. I bet he's over 100 still. Yeah, maybe. Over, under. Over, under of night. You know what? You're, yeah. Over. Ooh, that's a, over. We should do a, a questionnaire with our listeners. <laughs> we should do. The Messi over, under of year. Messi on yeah. 90 million. I mean, yeah. You're talking about getting the arguably the best player ever. <laughs> and you're, and you're right from a marketing standpoint. I mean, how many shirts are you going to sell? Yeah. Like, you're going to sell a shitload. <laughs> Yeah, who, go, who, who goes to into Miami first, Messi or Ronaldo? Both. Both? You get three DPs now? <laughs> Can you imagine that? That would be a talking point, wouldn't it? <laughs> would yeah, they play exactly. well together? How would they play? You know, Obviously, Ronaldo's more of a that. typical number nine now. The, the right back is like, <laughs> he's bagging groceries at the fucking grocery <laughs> yeah, store. I know, and, he's, <laughs> and these guys are making millions. I, I don't think right backs in the MLS are bagging groceries anymore. No. Well... But Frankie, they're not making Frankie much. Had one when Beckham came. Yeah, that's right. He did literally, yeah. and all the parties went to. They went to like Denzel Washington's place, and they had Tom Cruise, and you can all the stars were there. Frankie's Will like Smith. Will Smith. We should get yeah, if you haven't heard he, of the podcast with one, Frank. This one guy has got these actors on either side of him, and the week before Frank picked him up for twelve thousand bucks or something. <laughs> For the rest of the season, and he was bagging groceries. Yeah, if you haven't heard it, go and back to our, our podcast. Time of his life. It was late last. Was it late last year? When was that? Yeah. When was Frank on? Late last year. Yeah. yeah, we had Frank on, and he told the stories about the Beckham year galaxy. It's quite amazing. All right, so what about Barcelona? So you got to rebuild, right? And forget the turmoil above. You know, it's a complete gong show there with the board of directors protecting themselves. Balomeo could be. He's got a year left still but they could force him to have an early election. Xavi's there wanting to get back involved again. Say what well, that can happen. You've got opportunity to sell Leo Messi, right, for a lot of money here. And you have to rebuild, right? You've got PK, you've got Busquets, you've got Suarez. These guys are all in their early, approaching mid-30s now, right? They're too old. That's the issue, right? They re-sign these players when they shouldn't have re-signed them. Yeah. So you've got to rebuild with youth. good way to do that is to sell Leo Messi, isn't it? And get a lot of money because they haven't got a ton of money right now. Would they even consider that? I'm not too sure they would. Because if you're an incoming president and you're seen as the person that <laughs> exactly. cut ties with yeah. basically the god of Barcelona, yeah. then you're on a hiding to nothing straight away. Be or progress. you come in and make a statement and say, listen, yeah. I'm part of the new rebuild. There'd be, be 100,000 plus people in the stadium for visuals. Like just, they'd be just so sad. Oh, you sit imagine. down Messi next to you as well yeah. as part of your press conference and like the old Jordan times when he announced that he was retiring yeah. Yeah. and just say, look, this is a joint uh, agreement. We're the parting of our ways to make it good for both parties. That could be the way to do that it, That could right? be the way. That's the only yeah. way I could see it happen. Otherwise, that person... He must leave with a smile on his face. That manager, that, whoever it is, they're on a hiding side. Imagine who the next number 10 is. 
you you hide that jersey away for a while, don't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Forever, probably, yeah. right? No, I don't want that you squad. Want, ever. Imagine you being a player. Right, that's what I'm saying. You right? come in. Who comes in in Messi's role? Uh, no, thanks. No, it's okay. I'll take the number 12, please. <laughs> <laughs> no interest in that 20, whatsoever. I'll take the 22. <laughs> uh, there's got to be some arrogant prick out there who will want it still, well, I'm sure. Well, for sure. Zlatan would take it. Oh, oh that would yeah. be the one, wouldn't 100% it? 100% he would take it. Well, it'd be great if he went there again for a year. Ronald Koeman uh, is, he might be announced before this podcast goes to air. Yes. It seems that he's going to he be not the, announced yet? No, not, not officially. officially. I was looking just now, not officially, but poised. Yeah. It's, that's a, he's, he's in a hiding to nothing. If they're going to rebuild, with or without Messi, I mean, that's not a great job to take, is it? Mm, somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it, and plus... Well, there'd be a million people that want to take it and, and would you, take but it, but the guys, does he you know, have to? There's a list of people that have done it and failed. There's also a list of people who have done it and very well. Sir Alex Ferguson, really, when he took over United, it was all sorts of issues, all sorts. So why not? I think with like Bar- there. Barcelona, as we just spoke about, they're, they're going through a transition of not having a wealth of money available for the new manager coming in. So you're going to have to sell stars. You're going to have to trim down the wage structure a little bit. You're going to have to progress a couple of the younger players that we've spoken about last week that are very, very good young players coming through and give them time in the first team to either sell on again or to start building a new core group along back with... back the academy, surely. Well, it's not so much uh, the academy. They've got guys that have developed through there and been out on loan and now coming back in. There's rumors that they want to buy back Garcia, the boy from Man City, yeah. the defender. Fatty, we spoke about him. He's a very, very good winger. Um, then Bele's still there as well. Neymar would go back in a second. Neymar would go him. back. But uh, I think no. there's, there's so much needed within this group. It's more like they need more characters within that group. Because just going back to the buying game, the only one I saw losing his shit was Vidal. Mm-hmm. And he started to throw a couple of like haymakers and get out the referee, but there was no Puyo in that team that was like just getting a grip of the other players. In well, to tell group. you the mentality, so PK, did you see his post match press conference? He, he essentially, PK says, you know, if if we get some change at the club due to this result, then maybe it's not so bad. That's the mentality. It's like you know what, we need a change from the very top here, and maybe that makes this this right. less dramatic. Yeah. But that, that's PK, your leader. That's essentially your leader, right? PK saying that, saying, man, we need so much change here. This is a good thing. It's an indictment on the situation, isn't it? <laughs> Happens at every club, doesn't it, eventually? Yeah, I yeah, guess. I mean, there's club. not too much sympathy at Barca, right? I mean, they've been pretty exactly. good for a while. Yeah. Won a few things. Yeah, they're out muscling just about every other team in the league, financially, even still. How good can this Bayern team be for a long, long time as well? The, the speak, blend's perfect. I was it? speaking to my son the other day when we were watching. I was saying, they still have Sonny to come into this mix as well. That's right. You know, he's, he's training there at the moment. He can't play, obviously, because he's uh, cup-tied. But they've got such a strong squad, strong team that's been built, as you said, Charms, perfectly. Beautiful blend defensively in midfield. They've they got players like Jaimez... Martinez, uh, Coleman, they can't even get in the you team. You forget about Hymas, don't you? Eh? Yeah. <laughs> they That's can't incredible. get in this team. Muller, That's Thomas Muller, who I thought was kind of done. I thought he was kind of on his way out. Didn't you think? He's, he's yeah. Thomas Muller once again. He's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. He's so good on, on, on that, yeah. that match. I was really impressed with them. And they've got us, like, that young Canadian kid, that left back. Yeah. Or is it left wing? Or is it left the front, part of the front thread? I don't know what he is because he's always up and down. Yeah. <laughs> Where does the national team play him? Wherever the hell he wants. Let's ask, let's ask a forward coach. <laughs> you play him where he can be most productive. Let me ask you this, right? I'm not to put you in the spot because obviously we don't know where you know you guys are going to play him when he gets into camp. But let's just say John decides that he should be playing in a, in a forward role as, as a striker. Would you prefer him out wide or through the middle? He can do it all, right? Me personally? Yeah. I would prefer him out wide. Because that's where you have more space there. to receive the ball and yeah. and get it, and he can come in, he can go down the line, he can yeah. do whatever. But you give him free, you give him free reign essentially, would you? Yes, pretty much. I mean, he, he can play the. He knows what he's doing, but I would. He would definitely. I wouldn't. He wouldn't be playing out now and left back. It would be my guess. Yeah, no, I think he's left sided. He's an intelligent player where you, you basically 
you're not giving him a free reign anyway. Yeah. It's within the system and the structure of the But when he the gets team. the ball at his feet, yeah, he's making his decisions to go right, left, go down the line, you know, whatever. You build a random though, essentially, do you? Jonathan David, let's not dismiss him. He's forty seven million pounds. Got a number well, nine and, and uh, see, the thing is he he goes down the line, he's crossing into a quality player. Mm-hmm. Like we've got some quality. Like they, there's no reason why uh, I look at their squad, Canada, and it's not in the top four or five in the in CONCACAF. Yeah, of course, fourth will get you a, a playoff against uh, another inter-confederational opponent. Top three gets you in. Yeah, Mexico State's done, and, and then just, it gets interesting. It's not a usually a it's New Zealand or Jordan or yeah. Yeah, it's not your... Not like we had freaking Australia, and if we beat them, we had to play Diego Maradona and (laughs) Argentina home and away. That was our half spot. (laughs) There was only one spot. Mexico got it just, and then uh, we, our half spot... The game's changed. The game has changed. Um, Staying in Europe a little bit here, United fell to Sevilla 2-1, right? Canadian-born Bono in gold. Mm-hmm. Amazing, but never he's heard of him before. Yeah, Morocco. Morocco. Yeah, so long time. Ago. To hell with him. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought United did well yesterday. I did Honestly, too. I thought they played well. Yeah, I thought they looked fresh. They had a six-day break. Sevilla did not. Seville look. Seville didn't look good the first half, but they're a very organized, hard-working team. Uh, Lopetegui is in charge of them. He looked very panicky on the sidelines. I would be too. I mean, they're... but Martial had like two great opportunities where he's threw in on goal. Goalkeeper comes up big. That's his job. Well done. Yeah. But you expect Martial, the the the, the form he's in, to put him away. Then uh, I think Rashford had a good chance, and there was that period in the second half where I just felt, and I said to my son Frank, who's a big United fan, they have to put one of these chances away. Because Seville are the type of team that will kind yeah. of... Well, like, any team you'd expect, they're always going to have that one, that one yeah. chance. Like Harry Maguire was cru- you know, crucified, wasn't he? Yeah. Once again, do you think it's, un- I mean, it's unfair, obviously, 85 million pounds, but even the best footballer in the world can make a mistake and will make a mistake or two during a match, right? It won't always cost you. But I mean, how unfair is it that we, we just judge the, these high-priced players and as being infallible? They can't be perfect. There's no one perfect. It's got to be so hard to be in, in that position. And yeah. everybody, side. everybody takes it, you know, and that's the thing. It's like how there's certain people that we know, even that social media just wrecked them. Mm. Even recently, you know, Danny Green, basketball player, Toronto Raptors, wins the title with Toronto last year. He makes the big move out west, and he can't hit a freaking shot. And he's getting, if you looked at social media, it would be getting hammered. Lakers and he likes the social media. Like, he's big yeah. into the podcast and he's big. He likes it. So, so he can't ignore it. Like, just, they're killing him, yeah. the Laker fans. I, I don't know why Harry Maguire has been made a scapegoat, scapegoat so much. I just, it's definitely the price he's not tag. Van Dyke. Yeah, you know what? That's a great point. But even Virgil has made really bad mistakes this year. Yeah, uh, no, he hasn't. Towards the end. <laughs> yeah, towards the end. What was the game? <laughs> was the game against Arsenal? Oh, he, yeah, he yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. shocker. Yeah. So but yeah, there's always a mistake in he's everyone. Gonna, no matter who they are. One or two no of them every year. Give him that. No one's gonna be clean. It's just. But he's the United captain. He's a high price, highest priced defender of yeah. all time. That's why it's not fair, but yeah. that's a reality, right? And so when yeah. you when you can't blame a guy for accepting those deals and those terms, Absolutely. but at the same no, he's time, a fighter. He's, it's all he, part of the package, right? If he's a fighter, he tries. He's like, yeah. So is it better to be a real chill, relaxed guy that can just brush this stuff off, or a guy that can say, "Fuck you, I'm going to show you." Well, there's your answer. There's your what answer. What the hell was that? Thunder. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the thunder it just when you said that. <laughs> I think it's a garbage can. No, it's thunder. No, no it's, it, the storm's coming. But going back to it, it depends on oh, the we, mentality we might have of to the stay player. Here with Dan all night. It really depends on, on the mentality of the player. Yeah, would you prefer though some of the just so called to brush it off, or, or do you want some? Depends because they can be very relaxed have, and yeah, casual. Or you're the toughest guy in the world, and it's just getting crushed. He's in his, at his house. He's in a closet. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, fuck. Like, and then he puts a mask no on and goes out. what it takes. You know, you, let's say, let's say, oh, what's going on in uh, social media? Oh, McGuire, you're a twat. Oh, thanks very much. <laughs> I don't think he had don't that, respond, that don't much respond. of a bad game yesterday. I didn't either. 
like the the young boy Williams struggled at left back at yes, times. He got he was, done. Yeah, he should have stopped the cross. Yeah. The marking in the box. Uh, I think it was Bruno and yeah. uh, Lindelof had an argument about. Yeah, Lindelof up. told Fernandez, um, "Fuck off, you son of a bitch." Yeah, in Portuguese. Was it in Portuguese? Yeah. So, what's the worst thing you've been told by a teammate during a match? Do you remember? You're shite. By a teammate? <laughs> <laughs> no, not a podcast. No. <laughs> when you yeah, played the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember yeah. anything? Or don't yeah. you remember, Sharms? That was yeah. about eight seconds oh, ago. Yeah, you just right. said you're shite. You're right, it to him, right? You're right here. Back. He'll be one of the center backs. <laughs> yeah? He'll be a center back with his, you know, the old English guys and their noses are just all over their faces. <laughs> old school take, center back. Yeah, well, yeah. Any fucking chance you get off your line? <laughs> <laughs> You Forest. stuck to your line, yeah, Forrest? Oh, yeah, yeah. You're fucking Count Dracula. Scared of crosses, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> then you had Stephen Bywater. He's actually playing for he's a crazy kick. You know, shows up at West Ham. Just nuts. You knew Bywater a bit, yeah, didn't yeah. you? Pesci's roommate as well. And uh, he was like coming out for a cross. And he was like, England under 21s. Joe Cole was there. So he's teammate. He comes in, lads. Got to hear this. We're at a corner, and Steve Bywater goes, "I'm gonna come out for this cross, lads. I'm coming for it. I'm coming like a fucking train." Like, a, yeah. And then, <laughs> and, and it comes. It's the convulsive. It gives the old choo choo. <laughs> Misses the ball. Misses it completely. <laughs> makes scramble. I don't think they scored, but he's actually. We he's, should try and get him on the podcast. Yeah, because he's got some great stories. Yeah. As well. What? What? I saw the one. It was, was like he was in the newspaper, Birmingham. And the neighbor pissed him off. So he put a big sex doll on top of the shed. <laughs> and the picture in the paper. So he's like, no, it's on my property. It's just a massive sick light. Goalkeeper's fear. Oh, he was Not right. unbelievable. So was there ever a moment, though, that you, you thought you might come to blows with a teammate on the field? Uh, and you had to have a little chat with, afterwards? Not with my own teammate, no. Huh? no. We'd have words and... Yeah, it was more kind of like we're all trying to achieve the same thing yeah. here. So mm-hmm. there was a respect of yeah. if they were telling you to get your ass in gear or to do a certain job better, yeah. I would respect it. And so. you know each other so well, right? I mean, remember Mark Watson, I was like one of those ones in the corner and he's dwelling on it, dwelling on it, and he ends up fucking putting it out for a sloppy corner. All right, Waddy, what the fuck are you doing? And he just looked at me like, you think I meant to do that? And he, and he just he gave me the finger. He's like, he's like, I'm like, I'm looking at him. He's coming. You just gave me the finger? Like, Says the guy that? who gives a finger to his own fans. <laughs> no, no, was a, that was a wanker, a wanker sign. sign. Sorry, wanker yeah. sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I've seen I've, te- I've teammates have like fought on the training. Oh yeah, that's pretty common, yeah. isn't it? Or yeah. not common, but not uncommon. But ne- never in a game like well, Ebola obviously Kieran Dyer. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's remember right, talking yeah. to. Uh, Shira about that once because yeah. obviously he was there he broke him up and he, he, he jolly gets I think it was something to do with a girl you know really? that, that's how it kind of started and it was amazing how shocked where they were when they got sent off because they were like hold on man I'm fighting with my own teammate like, no, we well, should be allowed you can't do that <laughs> <laughs> should be allowed yeah well no. Ayo Berkovich and uh, John Hartson the West Ham one that was on camera yep, yep. that's probably the, the one that everyone stands out to the side of the head yeah yep. I always like swollen from his ear all the way to his chin. It was just it was it's a proper kick. Oh, proper yeah. flush. He teed off on him, yeah. Someone filmed it as he well. He teed off in the him. sun and everything. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, when I saw it, I mean, like Harry Redknapp was over here on the side. There was a camera there because it was one of those ones that was like, I think it was a, we were playing on Monday. So they were there for Sunday training, getting uh, some B-roll for gotcha. Sky. Sky News. You know, a little preview. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, so they're on the side. So I look over at Harry and Harry, he immediately walks down to the camera and the guy's like, oh, yeah, don't don't worry, it's not going to see the light of day. And he he lived with that, Harry. Yeah. And it didn't come out until was, two weeks. Wasn't later. it someone on the phone, or was it that actual? No, it was that it was that, that footage. Camera. It probably got into the news, and somebody came across it two weeks later and was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. So we're putting this on. I was sitting at home watching Sky News all of a sudden. Oh, breaking news! West Ham training bus stop. I'm like, and then you see it. Oops. Oh, oh, water so, down, water, water down. down. Uh-oh, water someone's just, just spilled water all just over there. water because it's not place. coffee. Good thing because he doesn't got any. Sorry, sorry. It's, it's, cleaning, it's cleaning away the mouse poo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you give your house up. You, and this is the slagging you get. Not Hurry enough. up, Jack. Oh, not enough JC's coffee. The not enough yeah, mice. Hey, hey JC, <laughs> while you're down there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Thanks, buddy. 
I'm just having a slow week. <laughs> so where was I? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Hudson. Berkovich and Hudson. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Was yeah. that the worst thing that ever happened to you at a football club? Do you know? Like, like, no, you know you, when you, you have know what, like, outside like, factors that, and it really kind of embarrasses your club and your team and what, what you're trying right. to do that year. Yeah, absolutely. That was just the worst. Fact it, was, but there was, it was worse when you saw like if two guys were literally rolling around throwing haymakers and like it yeah. lasted. A, it was like <laughs> sudden, short, quick. And Jonah Hartnison yeah. was like probably 220 at the time. Yeah, he was a big boy. Now 320. <laughs> we had some, but we had some no, bad things. Small. Like we had like players sleeping with the head coaches or the manager's daughter. Oh or yeah, like oh yeah, yeah. Players Ooh. sleeping with each other's wives. <laughs> yeah, that Craig. Hold on, oh yeah, bring back memories. Common though, right? It well, wasn't common, but I'm just trying to go through yeah. my, the the worst one probably that I was involved with at a club. I wasn't involved with, but happened to us as a club was the Lee Hughes one when we was at West Brom, where we're getting ready for a Monday game, just like you as well, Craig, with West Ham. And we train on the Sunday, and Lee Hughes was my striking partner. He was the ginger ninja. If you ever want to look him up, he scored loads of goals for West Brom, ginger hair, but he was like a real scally from Birmingham. So he didn't turn up for this Sunday practice, and Sunday is when we do the phase of play. It's the day before a game, the most important set pieces and stuff. So the gaffer at the time, Gary Megson, was going crazy. Like, we've done this prep, and now... He's not in the team. We, if you're not there the day before, you're no way going to play the next day. It was an important game. So we get back into the locker room and, and in the change room, we had TVs and stuff. And on the TV, it's got Lee Hughes has been involved in a fatal crash, but he's also missing in action. He's gone AWOL. So we were like, what the fuck has gone, gone on? And it had come out that he'd been at a pub that night been drinking, and he lived in a, um, a remote part of of Birmingham on the outskirts, countryside. And he'd driven home, gone over a hill, and there was a parked car on the bottom of the hill with three people in it. They pulled over, and he'd gone straight into the back of it, and he'd actually killed the person in the back seat and injured two people in the front. But he'd got out of his car, left his car there, run through farmland, and he'd he went missing for three days. He did time, didn't he? He did time for it. Yeah, as he should. So he went missing for three days. We had a game on the Monday. And you have no all idea our, where he is. All our heads were all over the place. Yeah. No one had been in contact with him. We didn't know whether he was alive, dead, whatever it was. There's obviously a, a serious, serious inquiry going on with the police now. All police were involved at the stadium. There was a. It was the biggest shit show I've been involved with, like at a club, and I, I wouldn't know how to deal with it as a head coach. Was it like, did, you, you, did you, your gaffer bring you, you know, into the room together, the boys, and talk about it? Or was it just, you just, just deal with it? We, we had a media person come into the changing room and speak to all the players, um, basically telling us not to, to be in contact with him because you could be... Yeah, he's wanted by the police. You could be involved with mm. hiding someone that the police are looking for. Um, but it was it was very, very hard because we were... a a close-knit group. We were fond of, of Husey as well, but we just couldn't believe he'd done it. And I think he panicked at the time. Um, Did it affect you on the field? We, I think we tied the game on the Monday, but it wasn't that it affected us on the field. It's just, it brings down the club in such a way, Shams, that it's not only a player that's being looked at in a certain way now, it's how... Yeah. The club is deemed from the nation where it's basically plastered all over the TV. Another selfish footballer, every right? Day. It's just, it, it, and I'm not talking that he, that person himself was selfish. He made a terrible mistake. But the perception is, you know, the from the public, is, another selfish rich boy yeah. footballer who doesn't understand. All footballers are like that. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and, and that was one of probably the start of me really thinking about getting out of England because I, I, I really did not like the way that players a were behaving but were being perceived by the press and i didn't want my children to be brought up in that country where their father was a football player and 90 percent of the footballers were perceived that way by the press and yeah. by the nation and and dj as well dj as well. and it was dj yeah. you know they're like this. <laughs> the worst of the song. yeah well i was just that thinking was a DJ we were the calmest yeah. djs the hey? dj and the other thing that i found a little bit Thanks, inappropriate Jeff. is 
the guy's name was Ginger Ninja. And I have to say, I don't care about the racism. It's that he really wasn't a ninja. They knew exactly where he was. Oh, he was a ginger. So he left his car there. He was a ginger. <laughs> so you're more upset about the ninja reference than the ginger reference. Well, I just think, no, I'm not upset about it. I think it's just Should a wrong. A I, he was wrong named. He was named wrongly. Ninja? named. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I consider myself part of. If, if it is a race, I can't say that I'm technically a part of it because I tan. And as we know, most gingers are just You're not red. tan now. You look very pasty. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was... No, it's just your freckles having... get darker. Who are you, my wife? That's what she says. <laughs> they connect. It's true. Yeah, they all come together, and I'm one big freckle. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> they knit together. Hey, um, do you know one what big do, freckle. Do you know what they call gingers in Australia and New Zealand? Rangers? Rangers. Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Rangatangs. You watch Summer, yeah. Summer Hill High or whatever. Summer Hill High, yeah, that's <laughs> right. Or he's a Jonathan Ranger. Tonga. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, you're Ranger. He's a Ranger. <laughs> a Ranger. They're a dying breed. Yeah. yeah. What, Rangatangs? Rangers? All right, Ginger. No, Rangatangs are fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. It's just everyone dyes their hair. <laughs> well, we, we, we probably have some Rangers. We <laughs> some Gingers of listening the, right now. And monkeys, you know, they're doing the best. <laughs> you realize we're all going to band together and, like, yeah. boycott this... This podcast now, all us Jimmy, Jimmy Brennan's a closet ginger. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's, he, yeah. He gets yeah. He's Irish, My beard comes out relatively gingerish usually. It's more grey now, yeah. but um, it used to quite tortoise shelly. It's my Celtic roots, so mm. I'll defend the gingers' rights to be you know considered almost human. Yeah. I got a lot of family <laughs> gingers. I got a lot of family gingers. Yeah. Uh, well, and you got any ginger ninjas? Uh, on the white side, yeah. On the French side. The French side. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. There's always a, you know, some Fenian or some ginger, Irish. Like, or, I mean, they're they're feisty bastards, hair? though. I mean, respect. That set you apart, then? Feisty. Yeah. I was blonde. Yeah. I, was, I was a blonde baby. Until I was seven, really? I was You were a blonde, blonde baby, really? Oh, yeah. That's weird. Yeah, I was the golden child, my dad would just say. <laughs> and then we'd go eat dim sum. Yes, I'm being stereotyped. <laughs> You're stereotyping yourself. That's right. No, we love all gingers, right? Especially the ones that listen to us. Yeah. And and Some work hot-headed for us. one, Steve Lomas. Ooh. Hothead. Steve Sibwell. Hothead. They got a little switch. It's just they're Irish. Scottish. Yeah. No, they're, they're the same. They're very feisty. Great fighters. Yeah. Great little scrappers are the yeah. gingers. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we should probably <laughs> call it to a close before we offend other Races? Races? Nationalities. Yeah. I just want to say, I've been leaning on my hand here, and I've got such a great whiff of, in my hand at the moment, because I was in the back of Dan's garden, and there's just a fresh organic plant that I was kind of oh, yeah? milling around. It wasn't the basil, though, was oh, it? Yeah. Like it so wasn't no, basil. My hands are unbelievable. Really? Can fresh, Dan. Fresh. Can we light it and fresh. smoke your hand? No. no, it's not that kind of plant. Oh, no, different There's kind no of plant. Just check our Twitter. There'll the be some uh, some box. news about it on our Twitter. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Footy, um, footy Prime goes green. <laughs> yeah. Can you put up the, uh, the the tweet there again, Wonger? Because I didn't realize this, but one of our, our long-time listeners, uh, at Victoria Guna, uh, gave us a list of topics to cover today. And I think we got to most of them, actually. Hang on. Go remember your password first. There we go. Time. He's a big Arsenal fan, this fella. Yeah. Yeah, Mike, he's been a long-time listener. So Mike he wanted us to talk about Sevilla being kings of Europa League. Yep, we kind of touched on Sevilla, right? Yep. Uh, Leon proving pundits and Pep wrong. Yep, done that. Bayern's dominance in Europe with 8-2 win. Check. Unexpected but savory UCL. E-U-E-L semi-final. Savory? Savory? Is that the right word? Tasty. Sure. Tasty? Yeah. All right, sure. Check. Uh, the first match week of Island Games. Check. Thoughts of winners of CPL final against MLS club in the Voyagers Cup final. Check. check Talked about check, that. Uh, check, League check, Un check, returns check, next weekend. Didn't talk about that. Not going to. Don't care. Which one? League Un returning next weekend. League One Ontario? Oh. No. No. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> no, not that one. When is that returning? Not this year. Not at all, eh? No. Yeah. I think they've, they've called it like all the university sports. That's well. right. Yeah, yeah. That's too bad. So, Liga, no, we very much respect Liga, of course, and the two teams in the Champions League. But no, we did not talk about that, and nor shall we. Um, but yeah, uh, well, anything John else? Well, David, we're just playing in that league, so. 
we will get well, to that's a good point. We will get to know it. <laughs> maybe, maybe a, that has something to do with them wanting maybe, to know Maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe Victoria Junior is more. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> it is a great league. It's a great league. Yeah, League 3, not so good. No, no. Um, anything else you want to get to? Uh, Amsterdam beer. Yes. Quite a beer. It's a lovely beer. Uh, Charmin's proper pie. So one thing I was thinking was, what's an improper pie? For you, there, sure. <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> I, that's, you that's do not want to know. Yeah. Ghost pie. Ghost pie. Yeah. Is proper By the way, quick question. So the I was. Second uh, best thing you'll ever taste. The what, sorry? Second best thing you'll ever taste. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> don't want to ask what the first one is, Greg. <laughs> quick question before we leave. Um, I was in a mall yesterday, first mall in a long time, right? And I just noticed grown men in groups shopping together. It's not right, is it? Weird. It is weird, right? Well, that's. Just Am I being because my my wife's I'm just being so my daughter to talking about things stupid, willing to do anything, even shop to get out. Maybe that's yeah. I guess so. I just I mean I understand teenagers, you know, kids. That's one thing, but like grown men, like our age, hanging out and shopping together and going at this just, just, just struck me as odd. Yeah, there's yesterday. No sports to go watch. There's you know you know. More importantly, was there not any patios outside of the mall Ooh, that they could have precisely? Been? No, not really. Precisely, there were. Mall? There were. It was like Scarborough Town Centre. Oh, no idea. Maybe they feel safer in groups yeah. going there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going there by myself. Not that bad. Uh, I don't know. You, you're conspicuous in your silence. Do you shop with friends, Wonga? I never have. No? Okay. But I, it just brings me back to that shopping story that Craig told where he went to line up at uh, Loblaws and then he realized it was for the LCBO, so he stood up there for 20 minutes. <laughs> Embarrassed. Yeah, I had to be here. So. Yeah, like a typical guy as well. as like, didn't ask for 20 minutes, right? I could have asked like right away. Is this the lineup for Law Blaws? No. Okay, well, that's it then. Um, way to end in a high. Uh, yeah. We're back next week. Probably Monday, right? Maybe Sunday. Maybe Tuesday. Follow us on Twitter, and, and we'll let you know. Uh, and also check out One Soccer and One Nation. Um, I've got, I got nothing else to offer, boys. So, yeah, thanks for listening. Cheers Thank for listening. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 